Are you looking for a place to passively invest and get maximum returns during the coming recession? If you're worried about the stock market and you're looking for the best bang for your buck that is protected, secure, and provides a good rate of return, this show is for you. His name is Nate Armstrong. He's the founder of HomeInvest.com. My name's Steve Warner. I am the Chief Investment Officer, and you are listening to Purpose Driven Passive Profits. If you're one of those guys that is looking to get rich, drive a Lambo, fly a private plane around, this is probably not the show for you. If you believe in that we are just stewards, that God has given us everything that we have, and that we are here called to do the best we can with what we have, you want to build a solid financial foundation for you and your family and give back to the community and the world around you and make a difference, this is the right show for you. Welcome Purpose Driven Passive Profits. Today, we're specifically going to be talking about the second piece of information you need to be looking at when looking for passive investments. The first one, you can go back and listen to that show. It was which states are people investing in? Nate, what is the second thing that we are going to be looking at uh, when we're looking at a good passive investment? Yeah, this is class of property and in, in, encompassing that is class of tenants. So we're going to look at the specific classification today. Awesome. So just so that I understand this a little bit better, there's the luxury class, which is like type A properties. They're going to be 20, 25% over what market rents are. They're going to be really fancy. They're really nice. And my thought is they do really well during upturns, but then they crash and they go up and down all the time, right? Like they're fickle to the neighborhoods, to where people want to live, as well as income levels. Then you have like the middle of the road, which are kind of your blue class, like middle America like everybody wants to live there. And then you have your your lower class, which are government subsidized housing. Um, where do we want to invest, especially during a downturn and why? Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to explain this through cars a little bit. So um, you're, you just described the luxury end, right? The luxury end is like your Maserati or your really high-end um, Mercedes type cars, your G-Wagons and whatnot. And then the, the property that we're usually going for is more of our we would call it a B class or a C class, depending on the neighborhood that we're in. Um, what that means is it's more like a Toyota Camry. It's more like a, a, a Ford Taurus. I don't know if they still make the Taurus or not, but that's the car that I grew up with. I saw them all the time. Um, that kind of car, that kind of property, during a recession, when things start to tighten up, the luxury end does get really fickle. Okay. Now, I'm not going to like just you know, bash on luxury and say it's the worst investment in the world because in good economic times, it's great. We see a lot of equity growth in high-end areas. We see a lot of uh, uh, people with a lot of income levels that are taking off very, very quickly. They'll gobble those things up. So in good economic times, luxury can do very, very well. But in bad economic times, when people start downsizing, when companies start cutting off the middle management type positions or even the, the high-end management and replace them with uh, general frontline workers, we have to go where people are going to be stable in your, your blue collar frontline worker. Yeah, there's a little bit of cutback, but they're not going to be cut out of everything. Not at all. And so what we found during the last crash is that our C type properties, our Toyota Camrys, they performed the best. Our rents did not drop, not even one little bit. Our rents didn't drop and they actually grew throughout the entire recession as people lost their single family houses and could no longer afford to pay the mortgage or pay the rent on the single families, they would move into our buildings. And so I anticipate seeing a similar thing play out during this, this downturn. I mean, Nate, you just, you kind of 
put a nice bow around this. What's going to happen? The Fed right now is pulling money out of the economy, right? Credit lines are tightening up. People are starting to lose their jobs. Like there's there's some recession going on for sure. Um, when those people can't pay their mortgages, they're going to look for somewhere to live and they're going to end up in these C and B properties. They're not going for a luxury rental. They're also not going to go down to the government housing. They're going to end up in the multifamily buildings that we own, which is why it makes the most sense to invest in them right now. They're not going anywhere. They're going to, they're actually going to go up in both value and in occupancy. Nate, what would you say to somebody who says, well, that's great. What about the government subsidized housing? Because that seems like that would do really well right now as well. What, how, why wouldn't we invest in that? Yeah. Yeah. Government, like I have, we have friends, Steve, that, that they do, um, they do multifamily and subsidized buildings. Just the thing is, is that that's just a different building overall and you have different goals. Let me give you an example. I'll put it in the context. Um, one of our friends, Ken, that's all he does is low income subsidized properties. He knows that those, the value of those properties, they don't fluctuate very much. He's just relying on a straight line appreciation and he's just relying on cash flow. So he puts a dollar in, he's expecting to get rent out of that and maybe make an extra 10% on his money, but he's not going to get a big backside uh, lift in appreciation on that building. That's just the way that it is in those type of properties. Why is it that way? Well, because most of those neighborhoods, they don't have a lot of uh, high-end income owners that are, that are moving in. They don't see a lot of uh, fresh, brand new development. It just doesn't happen unless the city pours a bunch of money into it. The other challenge that I've found with um, the subsidized properties is that from a management perspective, the tenants really, they put a lot of wear and tear on the buildings. The maintenance costs are higher. The screens get pushed out. Windows get broken, things like that. And it ends up dropping the bottom line for our investors too much to the, to the point where we can't control it. And I don't want that for, for any of our clients. So what we found is that instead, if we go with more of that C-class property or low B-class property, we just have a much more predictable cash flow for our investors. And in good economic times, those value, the values of those properties tend to appreciate much, much more. Okay. So what I heard you say, Nate, is by like if you do government subsidized, you might get a very steady cash flow. You're going to basically get like maybe a 10% ROI and it's going to be very steady, but there's not going to be any appreciation. The downside that could happen is if some of the tenants get kind of rough on the properties, right? Which we all know happens. Um, I remember I had a government subsidized property and the person threw a kegger every Friday. He would get his check, he would go straight to the liquor store, he'd buy a keg, a couple bottles, he'd have the whole neighborhood over. He actually ended up ruining the building by knocking down a wall at one of the parties. That happens all the time because that's their mindset. Like he wasn't trying to hurt me, he wasn't trying to hurt his house, he just ended up being partying too hard, right? That happens. And when that happens, because you're on such a narrow ROI, 10% return, that can get all wiped out is what I hear you saying. Whereas if you invest in the middle class, the Toyota Camry, it's going to have economic upside, especially during a good economic cycle, right? Like you're going to get some appreciation there and you're getting that really solid rate of return, probably at closer to like 15 to 20% instead of 10%. So it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. And, and you get, I, I find that in our buildings like that, the, the nicer, you know, middle-class Toyota Camry style is we get, we get people that want to live in that neighborhood. Maybe they have one or two children. They're uh, a newer family and they, they go there because of the school district. 
They go there because their friends live in that neighborhood. They go there because they're not too far from their parents. And that kind of tenant is so much better for our buildings. They treat it with love. They treat it with respect. We get referrals from them that are quality referrals. Like there's just so many benefits that come from working in that class. I just got done reading um, a couple of Walmarts that are closing right now. And when Walmarts start closing doors, you know that there's things tightening up out there. And the reason that these two particular, they're in the Chicago suburbs, um, the reasons that these two Walmarts are closing is they said that the crime got so bad in that area, shoplifting, break-ins, all that kind of stuff, that Walmart was forced to. They, they just came to that decision. They said that they're done. You don't want to be in a neighborhood like that with a property. Like it's just all the wear and tear and the breaks and stuff like that, the keggers that you just mentioned, it is a management nightmare. And from a maintenance perspective, as owners with this, this building, from a maintenance perspective, you don't want to deal with that, that loss every single year. I like to have things that are we can uh, maintain for the long haul that we're proud to own, that tenants are proud to call their home. There's just a much better feeling and a much better ROI in the end. Awesome. Nate, we actually have one of those properties available right now for any accredited investors who are looking to invest. Can you just give us the high-level overview of it? Yeah, really quick. Uh, it's rented out to a bunch of nurses. We've got nurses in this building. It's near a couple clinics and a hospital, uh, urban property, um, private courtyard, private garage, beautiful setting. Um, the, the main reason why we went after it is because the last owner, they got really uh, lax on raising rents. They left it 20% under market value on rents. And so uh, we're going in and we're just basically boosting rents to market value. We're doing a little bit of cleanup, making the place that good vibe. And uh, this thing's going to be an absolute home run for us. So beautiful property. It's almost fully subscribed right now. If you have interest in it, then definitely come come check it out. Take a peek at it. Uh, if you happen to miss the deadlines in this one, then poke around on our website to see what else might match your investment goals. Awesome. You guys can learn more about it at homeinvest.com. It's also linked in the show notes as well. Has our current offerings as well as this one if you get it before it is fully subscribed. Nate, thanks so much for sharing with us as always. This has been part two of the three things that you want to look for when you are getting into passive investments during a recession. We'll see you on the next show.